All right, guys, welcome back to the Buck Fever podcast. Another episode with me and Jake. Um, and tonight's topic isn't necessarily the most exciting. Um, it will be a good story, but it's it's kind of more the you know the the darker side of of hunting the the part that happens but really sucks that isn't super fun to talk about but I think that is important to talk about and it's part of the story so we're going to we're going to cover that tonight um and and we're going to tell it start to f- to finish um but basically what happened was I shot a buck this weekend and we couldn't find it so that is that's the gist of it but there's a lot of twists and turns and ins and outs to get into um and and like i said it is a good story but obviously not the result that you want to have kind of a a tough topic to talk about but like i said i think it's important to cover it so um jake was obviously you know part of the story in in at least half of it um so we'll get him in here on on his input but anything you want to lead off with buddy or should i just kind of get into it i mean mostly just that i give you a lot of credit for being able to talk about this and want to share your experience like you said it is the darker side and um you know a lot of times when this happens people don't want to talk about it they just want to kind of put up a put it behind them and forget about it which is you know at a certain point there's a time to do that but you know, reflecting on it and seeing what could have went different or what we've could have done or anything like that is always, always good. So, um, I'm just excited and I'm glad you're want to talk about it and share it with everybody. Yeah. I think it's, you know, obviously it, it happens, you know, when something like this takes place and you tell people about it, that's pretty much the first thing everybody says is like, Oh, I've been there before, you know, that's happened to me. And, so it's not like it's a unique thing. I think if it's never happened to you, you probably haven't really been hunting very long or very much or, or whatever, you know? Um, right. I think most of the time, if you've been hunting long enough, something like this has happened to you before. So I think it's, it's good to talk about it. Um, and, and yeah, so I, I think we'll, share the story here. We're also not going to release a video on it. So I guess that would be the other part of it. Um, it would have made a really, really awesome video, like really, really awesome, but it's not going to end up coming out. I think as far as a, a podcast topic goes, I think it's a great podcast topic. As far as a YouTube video goes, I think it's probably not the right thing to be putting out there in terms of you know the messaging on it and whatever i don't think you necessarily want to promote a video of shooting an animal that you end up not finding not that it was anything that we specifically did wrong or anything like that you know everything was above board but just as far as a video goes it's probably not the right one to be putting out but i think the perfect way to tell that story is on a podcast like this. So I guess that's what we're going to do. And it's almost hard to film a video like that, you know? Right. Right. It's not, it's not the way anybody really wants it to go. So I hear you, but yeah, so let's get into it. Um, just happened this past weekend and 
when I tell you that that day was the perfect day, I, I mean it wholeheartedly. It was absolutely the perfect day. It it was just the weather was perfect. It was like 60 and sunny and it was a Friday. So I had to work that day, but I knew I was going to be able to get out at like, you know, just the right time to be able to get there and have a decent hunt that afternoon. So knowing that the timing was going to work out just perfectly the weather was perfect. It was sunny. It wasn't a cloud in the sky that day. The wind was very, very mild. There was like a slight breeze, but really not not much at all. It wasn't super breezy. It wasn't completely still. It was just perfect. Everything about it. And I remember telling two or three people that day that I was going to shoot a buck that night. I know I told at least one of my coworkers. I think I told Gabby. I don't know if I told you. Um, uh, no, but I I remember the only thing I really remember before you um, calling me, it was that, you know, you, you snapped me and it was like, I don't even know what time it was. And I just remember saying, you know, you better get out there. They're going to start moving. And, uh, you know, the next time I heard from you was you're like, I'm here. And then and I got the call. <laughs> so, I mean, I, I would agree with that beautiful night it was i mean it was gorgeous i wish i could have been out there it was the type of night that if you asked me if you gave me the chance to pick like exactly every detail about the ideal day i would want to have to be hunting i'd point to that day and say just give me that it was it was absolutely perfect and so yeah to get back to i i told a couple people i was like i'm gonna shoot a buck tonight i i knew it and We've talked about this before. I don't know if we've talked about it on the podcast, but I swear to God, there's certain days, like when you shot Blade Runner, I was nervous that day. Like I knew somebody was going to shoot one that day. I, I knew it. And it's one of those things that like if, if nobody had shot one or like Friday, if, if I hadn't shot a, a buck, we would just say, oh man, it, it really felt like something was going to happen. It, it was a great day. Like I really thought we were going to shoot one, which happens all the time, but I swear something was different about it. Sometimes it just is like when I got to the woods, I wasn't on my phone at all. I was like dialed in, locked in, you know, sometimes you you get to that point where it's like, man, I I gotta like, you get a little bit bored up there and you just kind of have to pass the time a little bit. I had none of this. I was like locked in. I was nervous to the point where, and you, you know, I don't really get super worked up about that type of stuff. That's kind of just how it goes. But I was legitimately like nervous in the sense that like I knew something was going to happen. I just knew it. So, you know, believe me or not, take my word for it or don't. I I swear to God, I knew it was going to happen. And after the fact, when I called my dad, he said he told like seven or eight people that day, that I was going to shoot one that night. Really? So, yeah, he, he uh, must've been, you know, people at work or, you know, maybe whoever, but he, he just, he had a great feeling about it too. He, he knew it was going to happen. And part of that is just the time of year. You know, we're getting into that pre rut now where bucks are naturally just moving and they're moving in daylight and they're kind of throwing caution to the wind a little bit. So it is that time of year where, 
you know, it gets a little bit, dare I say, easier. And the number of sightings during daylight is going to increase. Um, so, I, you know, it's not like it's the hardest thing to predict that the hunting is going to get better this time of year. But there was something about it that day. Everybody just kind of knew that, that something was going to happen. And um, so sure enough, you know, I get there at, at a good time. And before I went out, I... I set my target out and shot a couple times at 25 yards. I knew the stand I was going to, and that stand has a, a licking branch, a mock scrape set up on it with our that you know our trail cameras pointed at, and the camera's been increased in activity over the past couple weeks, um, and, and so I, I knew based on the wind and everything that that's where I wanted to be. It's a 25-yard shot to that mock scrape. So, you know, I, I practiced a couple times and things were pretty good. You know, I, I was shooting well. Um, if anything, that night I was kind of shooting a little bit high, like, you know, two inches high maybe. Um, and that was, that was going to be plenty good enough. So I figured, you know, I'm going to aim for bottom of the lungs, top of the heart and that's that's gonna be it. If I shoot two inches high, it's gonna just double lung them, and that's all she wrote. So you know that was kind of my plan, and I got out there and got in at a good time. Um, didn't spook anything on the way in. Everything was great. I checked my wind, perfect for that stand. Um, and it probably only twenty minutes went by, and I heard two bucks rattling their antlers. They were going at it a little bit. Um, and I could hear them kind of off in the distance. They were probably 80 yards, hundred yards away. I couldn't see them, but I could hear them. I could hear as they were rattling, going back and forth like that, they were kind of stomping through some water. So there's that little waterway that passes through kind of at the very bottom part of the property there that drains from the swamp to the pond. You would know what I'm talking about. Everybody at home probably doesn't, but it's just this, you know, little drainage waterway coming out of a swamp. And I could hear them splashing around in there as they were going at it, which helped me to figure out about how far away they are. And, and you know, that was within 20 minutes of sitting there. So I, I'm pumped up and I grunt a couple times just to kind of try to pique their interest. Maybe think, oh, there's a third buck around. Let's go see what's going on over there. And they never did. I, I never got a look at these deer, but I was pretty laser focused over in that direction, understandably, because I know that there's, you know, two bucks that are over there. There's probably a good chance that one of them is one that I would shoot because, you know, all things considered, my standards are a little bit lower. Um, so, you know, thinking, uh, I told myself this season, and I know we've talked about it before that I'm shooting the first two and a half year old deer that walks by. That's just all there is to it. That that's that was my game plan. So there was a good chance if two of them were going at it that one of them was probably a two and a half. Maybe both of them were. Um, and so I, I never ended up seeing either of those deer unless it happened to be one of them I saw later. But I'm I'm pretty laser focused in this direction, and maybe ten minutes go by since I last hear them rattling, and a deer pops up literally right from that direction. But it only took me a couple seconds to identify it as a fawn. 
And then as I'm watching it, eventually I see another deer pop out and it's a doe. And they kind of work their way in. You know, they're browsing on whatever. They're not really super bothered, just kind of doing their thing. Eventually they work in pretty close. Um, and, and then they kind of, you know, head off in the other direction. And then, I don't know, maybe another 10 minutes goes by and there's a spike buck that comes running through. Um, and he's, you know, fired up doing his thing. He's only a yearling. He's got no idea what's going on or why he feels the way he feels right now, but he's just fired up and rambunctious and doing his thing. So he's, you know, running through there and eventually he makes his way and he comes up and works on that licking branch that I've got set up at 25 yards. And he's working on that for probably two minutes. Um, super cool to watch and got great footage of him and everything. And, um, you know, reinforcing in my mind, like, okay, this is, this is what I'm expecting to see here. When they come through this spot, they're going to hit this, hit this licking branch, 25 yards. You know, this is when I can draw back. This is when I can move and get the camera situated, you know, kind of going through all these things in my mind, feeling pretty good about that. And eventually, you know, he makes his way off, but pretty constantly over the next hour, I'm either seeing him or the does and fawns or both of them running around chasing. He, he was chasing them a couple times. At one point, they almost looked like my dog when you get him riled up and he's like running laps through the living room. They were like running laps around me, just like tearing around because this little buck's chasing them and they don't know what's going on and they're just, just tearing around, doing their thing. No idea I'm there, not a care in the world, just doing deer things, running all over the place. And then... You know, so I'm seeing each of these deer a couple more times. And then a, a, maybe a half an hour goes by. And at this point, we're probably half hour till dark. Half hour goes by where I don't see anything. Everything's pretty quiet. At some point in here, I do a rattling sequence. Nothing comes about. Um, but then after that half an hour of, of everything being pretty quiet, I see that spike buck pop out one more time he gets kind of over in that scrape area again i don't know if i don't remember if he hit it again or if he was just kind of over there milling around but then eventually he works his way like all the way behind me and this stand is probably 15 20 yards to a field edge of cut corn so that's kind of the idea. You're blowing your wind over that cut cornfield where, you know, you really shouldn't have to worry about deer getting behind you too much, at least not in daylight hours. Um, but sure enough, he goes right behind me. Never a care in the world. No indication that he's on to me, whether it's scent or movement or anything. He's got no idea. And he works off behind me. And like I said, at this point, it's probably a half hour till dark. Now, the cameras that we use are more cost-effective than anything. They're, they're on the cheaper side, 
mainly because we have so many people who film for us, you know, as like these starter cameras, the goal was just to get them in the hands of as many people as we could. So to do that, you can't buy a $3,000 camera and get that for eight people. You know, we had to get some of the cheaper ones. So they're not the greatest. And, and we all know that once it starts getting into those low light conditions, um, they start getting pretty pixely and pretty crappy very, very fast. And I usually say they've got about five minutes where they maybe, I mean, maybe it's seven or eight where the camera is basically worthless. It's not going to pick up anything. You're not going to see anything through that camera shot, but in those seven or eight minutes that the camera's not going to pick anything up, you can still shoot. It's still shooting light. Your eyes can still see just fine. So it's kind of like just that, that little time right before it gets dark. Right. Well, sure enough, that's, that's when this buck shows up. Um, and I first see him off to my right and he's walking pretty much right at me, right at my tree. He doesn't know I'm here. Um, I know at this point that the camera is probably not going to pick up much, but I'm still, you know, getting it on him just in case. So he kind of is walking right up at me, not super quick, not super slow, just at a steady pace. He's just moving through. And he probably walks to within 10 yards of my tree and then starts heading north. And north is where that mock scrape is. So I'm like, all right, this is perfect. I know he's heading right there. And he's not a giant, but I can clearly see he's a two and a half year old deer. He just, you know, not a basket rack, but he's an eight pointer. He's not giant. He's he's a two and a half year old eight pointer. You know, we can all picture what that looks like in our minds. That that was pretty much him. Textbook, two and a half year old eight pointer. And, you know, for me, I've never shot a buck that big. So that's why going into this year, it was like, well, the first two and a half year old I see, I got to shoot him. I haven't shot a deer in six years. I've never shot a buck with my bow. Like there's so many aspects of it where it's like, this, this just has to happen. We've just got to, you know, get this over with. I can't be holding out for a three and a half year old, 135 inch deer at this point. Like I haven't shot enough deer to get that picky. I don't need to shoot a spike buck. But, you know, that, that two-and-a-half-year-old deer, I got to get one of those under my belt. So at this point, I know this is a deer that I want to shoot. And he's, he's working to my north, right up to this mock scrape. And like I said, it's, it's, he's, he's going at a pretty steady pace. He gets up there, and he's kind of, he's, he's almost hitting another branch like a scrape. Not fully, but kind of. And... So at this point, I've got the camera all lined up, everything set, ready to go, bow in hand, ready to draw back, and takes a couple more steps, and there he is on the scrape, and he's working it pretty good. He's He's got no idea I'm there. He's not alerted at all. He's just hitting the scrape. So I draw back still, even with the sound of the arrow getting drawn back, nothing. He's got no idea. I double-check the camera one more time, still on them. And, and the weird thing with those cameras is on that screen, 
you can still see it really well. So whatever it is about the screen, it shows up great, but then you go and take that footage, put it on a computer, doesn't look as good in that low light. I don't know what the deal is. But it still looks good. I see him on the screen. Okay, we're ready to go. Um, and so I take the shot and immediately felt good about it. Heard it hit, saw the arrow go in, looked like a really good shot to me. I, there was no doubt in my mind at this point. Everything looked great. You know, it's kind of that relief of taking that shot and then you see it hit and you're like, yes, you know, that's, that's where I was aiming. That's a good shot. Um, and at that point I, it really honest to God, I thought it was, um, he, he ran probably 15 yards before the arrow fully spat out the other side of him. But I could clearly tell at this point, you know, sometimes you see the arrow go in, maybe it's a shoulder shot. So it goes in, doesn't penetrate fully, and then spits back out the same side. But I'm shooting a lighted knock, so I could see the lighted knock bury into him. Doesn't pop out the other side. He runs 15 yards, and all of a sudden, I see it spit out the other side of him. So now I know I've got a full pass through. I know where my arrow's at, so I'll be able to climb down and go take a look at it and you know analyze for blood and whatever. He takes another couple steps past that arrow popping out, and he stops. And at this point, he's just standing there. And I remember I had the camera over to him at this point, And I'm whispering, you know, go down, go down. And he's kind of wavering, like his legs are, are wobbly at this point where it looks like he might. Or he's going to go on a death run and, and crash, you know, 20 yards from, from here. But he's, he's standing there for 30 seconds. Um, legs wavering, tail flickering a little bit, tails down, not flickering real fast, just a, a wag and then stop. And then, you know, a couple seconds and a wag and, and whatever. Um, and so at this point I've got two thoughts. One is liver shot. Two would be heart shot. Um, a deer that's shot in the lungs and correct me if I'm wrong, but a deer that's shot double lung is just going to run like crazy. Not going to walk, not going to stop, not doing any of that. It's going to run until it dies. Um, deer shot in no man's land or in the guts or whatever. Also probably just going to run and run. Um, you're not gonna see him stop or walk off or anything like that. Does that kind of sound correct based on everything, you know, Jake? Yeah, I would agree with that. I mean, the two that I've shot this year were pretty much both long and they, I mean, they looked like a bat out of hell flying through the woods. Like, right. Um, you know, you pretty much had spot on even no man's land. I mean, they tear out of there too. Um, yeah. If, if he, they're long hit, they're not walking 20 yards and then chilling, you know? So, right. So I've seen it with liver, this exact thing happen. And then my dad shot a buck two weeks prior and we recovered it. So upon, you know, examining the remains, um, it was a heart shot. We, we saw right where the broadhead had, had hit the heart. Um, and his deer ran 10 yards and then did the same thing. Stopped, bedded down right there. And 
it wasn't until, you know, half hour later we went and started to just look for the arrow. We weren't really trying to track him at this point. Just go down, look for the arrow and, and look at that first blood. Well, he's only 10 yards away from the arrow. So we kick him up. I don't know how he's still alive at this point. Looking back on it, perfect, you know, heart shot. I don't know how he's still alive half hour later, but he was. Um, and he, he got up at that point, ran 20 yards, and I was almost positive that I heard him crash. He was going down. He looked really sick. And sure enough, we went and found him right there. So when my deer reacted this way, those are my two thoughts. I've seen guys in him in the liver, and they react like that. And my dad's reacted almost identically, and he shot him in the heart. And based on where I saw my arrow go in, that lined up perfectly. I knew there was nothing high about it. It wasn't like back in the guts, none of that. I knew that it was on the lower end of things and probably harder liver. Both should be a fatal shot. Um, but he, he, you know, he stands there for 20, 30 seconds, you know, whispering, oh, go down, go down. He doesn't. He ends up, you know, flicker that tail and kind of walks off. And, you know, it obviously it's getting darker by the minute here. We're right at, you know, last shooting light. And so he, he, you know, walks off and I never hear him crash or anything like that. But in my head, what I'm thinking is, and it's, there's thick brush in there. You can't see super far, especially from up in that tree. There's still a lot of leaves on and everything. So I'm thinking he's, he's probably going to take a couple steps bed down and that's where we're going to find him dead. Um, and so I, you know, I, I give it some time at this point. I haven't called anybody yet. I haven't like turned the camera around to do any sort of, uh, um, you know, post shot interview, freak out, you know, haven't done any of that. Cause as soon as he walks off and I lose sight of him, another buck shows up, comes out, you know, from my North, like going towards that, uh, that mock scrape. And this buck is bigger, gets to within 10 yards of my stand. I still, I, I would have shot, if I hadn't seen the deer that I shot, I would have shot this one at 10 yards right there, you know? So it was still enough shooting light that you know, I'm shooting this one at 10 yards. If I hadn't just shot a deer that I thought went down and he works his way off in the same direction that, that my deer went. And I never heard him kick anything up or anything like that. So I'm thinking that the deer I shot is probably down right over there. So now all this time passes, all these deer clear out. Now was when I do a little bit of an interview and then I start calling people. So, you know, time's passing. I, I call you, I call Gabby, I call my dad, I call whoever. And, you know, I'm, I'm kind of getting the word out and, at this point, I'm still still feeling pretty good, um, and and you and I kind of talked it over at that point. I don't remember too much of what we had said, but I think you and I kind of both walking through it all had a had a pretty good feeling about things. Yeah, I mean, I was, I mean, just <clears throat> ecstatic with excitement. I mean, I was asked my sister; she was over when you called me. Like, I was like could not sit down like damn near running around the house <laughs> like so excited you know right away i'm i'm asking like i'm like basically i should have i should have just left right away i should have just done it but 
you know, I'm like, oh, I want to come up there. You know, I just want to be there. Even if you guys, you know, you go up there and whatever, I just want to be there for it. So, you know, we talk about it and then you send, you know, you're like, Oh, you know, tell me, you think you hit him good and whatnot. And you ended up sending me a picture of the blood or the arrow. I don't know when that was, you know, 20 minutes later, if that. Yeah. We had hung up and then, you know, I, I told you I'd give it a couple minutes, pack my things up, get down and then check. And I was going to send you, you know, whatever I found and, and just get your input on it. So yeah, it was probably 20 minutes later. Yeah. And I mean, after looking at that, um, the pictures and stuff, I would have said, you know, lung, maybe clip a liver. It, I mean, it was a little dark, but it wasn't like purple, you know, like, like dark, dark where it's like, what, like that's not lung or whatever. So, you know, I was feeling pretty confident too, just from seeing that. And, um, obviously not seeing the shot or whatever, but you know, I was feeling quite confident that that deer wasn't too far. Yeah. And, you know, I took a picture of the arrow, sent it to the group chat. And I remember Colby responding, you know, pretty quickly like, dude, that arrow looks really good. Congrats. You know, what was it? Buck or a doe, whatever. And I don't think I responded at that point, but I saw him say, you know, that arrow looks really good. And so I'm thinking, <laughs> I, I, I agreed. It was covered in blood. It was a full pass through. Everything looks great. Um, I, I didn't look at all past the arrow just because of what happened with my dad's ears. Like if he is still alive, I don't want to go too far that direction. I wanted to see first blood, see the arrow and that's it. So I got a picture of the first blood, picture of the arrow backed out of there. Like you said, the blood was on the darker side of things, but not to the point where you're like, Oh, that's purple blood. That's obviously liver. It wasn't nothing guts about it. It wasn't like, light pink where you think maybe you just hit the muscle or whatever. it looked like a vitally shot deer would bleed right so and that's kind of the most maybe the most important part here is like you know for you and gabby you guys wanted to come over there and see it. it's a long trip in the dark and everything and you know i if i thought for a second that we weren't going to find that deer I, I wouldn't have told you guys to come. You might not have listened to me. You still might have. But I I would not... If I thought for a single second, if I had any doubt in my mind that that deer, that we weren't going to find him, I, I would have told you guys that and I would have told you not to come. Because that's too much of a hike. I, I would not have wanted you guys to do that if I even thought at all that there was any remote possibility that we weren't going to find him. So at this point, I think everybody's thinking... Like, this is a done deal. He's going to be down. You know, and either way, there I was coming no matter what. I mean, once you told me that, I was, you know, pretty much set on coming up there. Yeah, that's kind of what I figured. But, um, you know, at this point, you, you, and, you go and pick up Gabby, and you guys are starting to make your way. Um, I backed out of there, left the arrow right where it was, left everything, you know, just grabbed my stuff headed out to that cut cornfield to try and not disturb any of the woods, backed out of there completely, got back to my car, drove back to the farm, um, and we waited till like 8 o'clock. So by this time, it's at least an hour and a half that, you know, since I had made the shot. So we're, uh, we're thinking based on everything, you know, now I've shown my dad the pictures, my grandpa, nobody's really got a doubt in their mind 
everybody's thinking, you know, this thing's pretty good and, and we're going to be able to go and find it. Um, so we go back out around eight and go in, go to where first blood is track from first blood to the arrow. And there's a few drops here and there. We don't see a ton between where I shot them and where the arrow popped out. But when you're thinking, well, you know, the arrow was plugging up at least the exit hole. So that would kind of make sense. And, you know, the arrow was only 15 yards maybe from where I shot them. So you figure a deer running full speed to go 15 yards. What is that? Three steps. You know, in the first three steps where the wound hasn't opened up completely yet, it's probably not going to bleed a ton. So nothing really to be too alarmed about at this point. Um, Find the arrow right where it was. Lighted knock and everything looks good. Start tracking beyond where the arrow popped out. And blood is still kind of hard to find at this point. A little bit here, a little bit there. Not seeing much. Um, doesn't take too long. We get up to where he stood there for that 20, 30 seconds. And, you know, find a big pool of it. It's dripping out of him pretty good at this point. So we, we find that I take a picture, obviously, you know, it still is looking a little bit dark, nothing that I'm concerned about. Looks like a lot of blood looks like good blood. Um, and where he stood there, you know, he, he kind of had to take some, once he finally did take a step, um, you know, I couldn't quite remember. There was like a tree right in front of him. I couldn't quite remember if he went left or right off this tree so we start looking for blood left start looking right and we're struggling to find another drop and after a while of searching i finally did find literally one more drop to the left of that tree so i knew he broke that direction um which is kind of what i had thought you know in the back of my mind i was thinking that's the way he went but obviously I was hoping there'd be a blood trail to follow and tell me, um, you know, but I, I found one more drop past where he stood. And that was the last blood that we found throughout the whole search process. That was it. Um, so when the blood dried up like that and we couldn't really find any, it gets to a certain point, you know, where everybody's pretty quiet you know, not exactly sure what to say or what to think. Kind of a shock considering what we had thought. And still at this point, everybody's probably thinking, all right, well, you know, it was probably still a good shot, but, you know, maybe it just didn't open up that much of a wound. You know, maybe he's dead 15 yards away and, you know, he just bled out and that was it. Um, so kind of, you know, going off of that and everybody starts to branch off a little bit, look for more blood. Um, and, and then it, it turns on basic, turns into basically an all out grid search. And we're looking all up and down thinking, well, maybe he went to water. Okay. Well, there's a pond, there's a river. We, we search, you know, in all directions towards water, no blood, no sign of them, no nothing. Maybe he circled back around to where he came from. So we kind of circle back, head back behind, you know, where he came from. Nothing. Head out into the cornfield, search out through there, you know, flash the light. Nothing. Um, 
looking all over the place, can't find anything. And, you know, the, the couple hours go by and you and Gabby roll up. So, you know, I, I go out and meet you guys at the driveway and we, we drive back in to continue the search and I kind of run you guys through it. Um, obviously at this point I expected to find them and have them, you know, pretty much gutted and almost maybe back to the farm by the time you guys got there. And at this point, you know, spirits are, are kind of low. You're still pretty optimistic thinking, you know, maybe he has liver hit, but he's probably going to be down somewhere along the river or something thinking, you know, let's just not push it too much tonight. Let's, you know, give it a chance, give it till morning, let him bleed out and we'll just go find him in the morning. Um, so I think what time was it? 1030 when we quit looking? Yeah, probably. I mean, yeah, you're, I would agree with that. I was pretty, um, pretty confident. Um, he was liver hit and that, you know, I said probably a hundred times that I bet you we'll find him by the river tomorrow morning. Yeah. I've experienced that with maybe not even liver, but gut hit deer or just any wounded deer likes to go to water. Yeah. And, um, <clears throat> I knew there was a river by you guys that you haven't checked yet. So I was like, well, let's just, let's not push it. You know, first of all, I mean, grid searching at night is 10 times harder than grid searching during the day. Yeah. So you know, I was, I know it probably sounded like I was pushing a lot, but I was pretty much pushing to back out of there for the most part. Yeah. And I think everybody was ready to, nobody really wanted to. Cause I think once you, once you back out and you, you know, not give up, but like you, you, have that understanding of like okay we're not gonna find them tonight i think that you know really does something to everybody mentally where you you realize that the chances are kind of dropping here at this point um yeah yeah and so i'm i'm kind of you know i'm not super thrilled about the situation and i think it was harder because i thought the shot was so good and i thought the blood looked so good and everything was telling me that it was going to be good. And then, you know, to, to go down and really not find much for blood afterwards and not find any sign of them or anything in grid search as far as we did and not find any sign of them. It was just such a gut punch because like I said, it was the perfect day, perfect situation, perfect. You know, what I thought was the perfect shot. He read the script. Everything was perfect. And I, I thought it was. And then, to have that realization that it wasn't was really a tough pill to swallow. But, you know, at this point we, we go back and we watch the footage through. And like we said, it's kind of tough to tell it's, you know, cameras aren't that great in low light, but you can see the lighted knock obviously plain as day. And you can still see the deer, um, you know, for sure the outline of them. So we look at it and we know at that point, like nothing high about it wasn't too far forward, didn't hit the shoulder, maybe a little bit towards back, but we knew based on the arrow and the blood and everything, it wasn't anything guts about it. So like if this, if this missed anywhere, it missed low. And we knew that, you know, from, from looking at it. So we watch the footage and and get as much information as we can go to bed and just say, you know, eight o'clock in the morning, whatever it'll have been, 14 hours give or take by then by the time we get out there and we'll go go looking for him and if he's even if he's liver hit you know he should be down maybe along the river or whatever um 
So at this point, I'm kind of like, not necessarily optimistic, but it was it was like, you can see so much further in the day and so much better, like you said. So I'm kind of thinking like, man, every minute that passes, the chances just drop. They just plummet so quick. Every minute that passes, because you can cover so much ground so quickly, it's like, we're pretty much going to know within 15, 20 minutes of looking if we're going to find this thing or not. And so obviously it didn't take very long. We searched those places that down by the river lap around the pond again, looking at, you know, some of the thick areas you could have bedded down in that we wouldn't have been able to see very easy at night. Obviously you can see the whole field now without the spotlight and no sign of them, not another speck of blood not a track that looked like a deer that went on a death run didn't find it where he bedded down for the night and you know was maybe bleeding nothing didn't didn't find any sign of him so you know that was that was a pretty tough pill to swallow there at that point for everybody i think yeah i mean it definitely wasn't um what I thought we would walk into to be honest um but I guess you know after him bleeding for 20 yards and then you know absolutely nothing after that I guess it was kind of something we should I guess I should have thought of more you know but you know like I said I was expecting to find him dead not right. too far from there so right and um yeah and and we didn't and I think Obviously, when that happens, there's so many emotions to process, right? And it kind of goes without saying, but I think we should anyways. Like, you never want to wound an animal. That's obviously never the intention. That's the last thing you want to happen. I would have felt a 100,000 times better if I just had a clean miss. A clean miss would have been perfect. You know, I could have been kicking myself. I could have been pissed off all night that I missed one. But... I would have been able to get down, realize pretty quickly from a lack of blood on the arrow and lack of blood anywhere that I missed them. You know, you and Gabby wouldn't have made the trip. And, you know, I wouldn't have wounded an animal. We wouldn't have spent all that time searching. Wouldn't have stunk up the property and we would have kept hunting for the weekend. You know, I probably would have been pretty upset, but not nearly as upset as... I was after all this stuff had transpired. So, you know, first and foremost, you never want to wound an animal like that. But, you know, then I just felt terrible that you guys had made that trip. And I, I should have, you know, thinking like, man, I should have just tracked and tried to find a little bit more blood. And maybe I would have realized there wasn't going to be much. And, you know, it would have saved you guys from making the trip. And I, I just felt bad about that and i think i think that was it buddy because we were we were coming either way and i'd do it twice on sunday i know i know i think that when i finally you know was thinking about it all weekend and got back out there because we did hunt the rest of the weekend and you know it wasn't totally ruined we still had some action but um you know i think as i was sitting in the tree stand and kind of processing how i felt and everything that was the the number one thing was like you know i've got just a great it's been a struggle the past couple of years of not necessarily seeing much or 
you know, if you do see him not getting a chance to shoot him, whatever, it's been a, a long time. Um, and, you know, I've just had such a great group of people around me that have really been rooting for me, really pulling for me to shoot one one of these days, you know, just a lot of people in my corner, which I'm super lucky to have and super thankful to have and, and everything. Um, and I think that, you know, that was the, that was the overwhelming feeling that I felt at that point after we didn't find him was that all of those people that were rooting for me, I had just let them all down, you know? And that was, I think that's what felt the worst out of everything was like, you know, all these people who were going to be so pumped for me to finally have shot one. And then, you know, this deer walks by and I totally blow it. And, you know, to let all those people down, then I'm thinking like, well, I, I, you know, I didn't even deserve, I waited all this time. It's been how many years since I last shot one and I didn't even deserve to have this one walk by because I ended up blowing it anyways. And I think that, that part was what sucked the most after all of that. So it, well, buddy, let me tell you, you didn't let anybody down. First of all, I mean, it's hunting, you know, stuff like that happens. I mean, more than, more than a lot of people think, I think, to be honest with you. So, I mean, there's nothing to be ashamed of or anything like that. And, you know, we're still going to be there and stand behind everything. You know, we all got the same common goal and, you know, if anybody deserves it, it's you, you, you put in a ton of time and, you know, your land's not close. You're making the trip and, you know, hunting, even if the, the movement's slow or you're not seeing a ton. I mean, I give you credit. You do, you go out there and do all that stuff and, where you know you're not seeing a ton of deer all the time but you still go out there yeah yeah we we've certainly put in a lot of effort you know and um just my dad shooting one this year off that property like that already sealed the deal you know like that was already good enough for everybody we we could not see another deer the rest of the year and that was already going to be the best season we've had in you know, maybe a decade. I don't know. Like it already was everything we needed, but you know, then to have that opportunity for us to both shoot one to shoot two bucks in one year like that would have been just like completely unbelievable. And the season's not over. I mean, that, that can all still happen. So it's not like, you know, everything's a total lost cause or anything, but yeah, just a, a lot of, a lot of tough pills to swallow with all that. But by the end of the weekend, you know, I had thought about it enough and hunted enough to where I think I, you know, was able to get myself in a better place mentally, um, you know, going forward here, realizing there's still some time yet this year, including this weekend and, and our cameras, our trail cameras have never been hotter. Things are really ramping up. We're seeing tons of action out there, all kinds of new bucks, big bucks, um, you know, all kinds of different stands, seeing them in daylight, just seeing all kinds of good stuff out there. So I think this weekend is, is probably going to be some of the best hunting of the season. And then obviously after that, we're going to Minnesota for their gun season. And then you come back, there's another weekend or two of Wisconsin archery before Wisconsin gun season. So we're, we're just in the heart of the season here. We've got a lot of good hunting yet to go. Um, it's certainly far from over. We, we've got our chances here to, to redeem ourselves. Um, 
but at least you know for that weekend it was it was a tough pill to swallow and you know you done you did everything you could have and you know i give you credit for even hunting the next morning and night and um you know and this might go without saying but you know we tried we tried our hardest if that deer is dead we would have found them you know we looked for you guys looked for almost two hours two and a half hours um set friday night and then you know next morning we looked for another two and a half three hours so you know we it's not like we you know, oh didn't find any blood we're out of there you know right alive we we scoured everywhere and we tried yeah we we looked and looked and looked until it was pretty clear that we were never going to find them and then we kept looking after that you know we we made sure to to dot all our i's and cross all our t's and and just find you know find anything we could and we just couldn't so i think that was the other thing that helped is you know everybody sort of agreed that there's a good chance he probably didn't die he's probably out there doing his thing and you know as much as you never want to wound a deer like that they they are so tough i mean it, it's not that there's any excuse for it or anything but they're super tough man i think that deer is probably out there just doing his thing i'd agree i mean like i said if he was dead i'm almost 99 percent sure we would have found him so yeah, yeah, I agree. But nothing else you can do besides get back on the horse, so. Right, yeah. I mean, if if you just quit for the year after something like that, then you're still not going to shoot one from the couch. So just got to get, get your head on straight and kind of regroup. And, you know, I, I haven't really lost much confidence in in my shot or anything I, I mean I pretty much hit right about where I was aiming I, I I you know I have a hard time telling myself that it was a bad shot because I just don't necessarily think it was I think I hit pretty much where I was aiming if anything I needed to aim a little bit higher you know but I I I, I don't look back and and lose confidence really on much I I think that sometimes that just happens and it wasn't going to be perfect. And, you know, we just have to get back out there and try again. Right. I mean, you know, you did everything you can and there's not much else you can do besides with it, with the thing, with the way we had it, I suppose is I'm trying to say is that you tried and it's like you said, it's a tough, very tough pill to swallow. And, um, doesn't make you sleep any better at night and i mean really until you see a sign or whatever but getting back out there was definitely a a game changer i think that if you wouldn't have got back out there it would have been a lot different of a you know go home and mope about it and whatnot which is you know there's time to reflect on it but you know getting back out there is just a great way to almost let your mind not think about it right yeah i mean i went and sat right back out in that same stand for the rest of the weekend. So I definitely had to, had to think about it a little bit more, but I think all of that just helped kind of going it over all in my head. And, you know, I think you have to let yourself think about it and feel what you're feeling and figure out why you're feeling what you are so that, you know, you can get over it and make yourself feel better. And, you know, the one thing that, 
I guess if I could try to pass on this, I don't know if you could call it wisdom, but thoughts that I had, um, you know, I thought about that. Let's say it was the exact same scenario, exact same situation, but it was my dad who took the shot. I, I wouldn't be upset with him. I wouldn't be mad at him. I wouldn't have anything negative to say. I would have, you know, I would have wanted him to take that shot 10 times out of 10. I would have been right there helping him track it 10 times out of 10. You know, if anybody else had taken that shot, I wouldn't have any negative emotions towards that person. So just because I'm the one who took that shot, why should I have all these negative emotions towards myself? You know, I I have to be able to think about myself as if I was, you know, somebody else almost and and kind of remove myself from that situation because that's what helped me to really get over it the most, I think, was like nobody else is mad at me. Jake's not mad at me. My dad's not mad at me. You know, Gabby's not mad at me. My grandpa's not mad at me. Nobody's mad at me for anything, you know. So why am I mad at me? I, I don't need to be. That's not helping anything. And if it was anybody exactly. else, I wouldn't be mad at them. So, you know, I think that's that was the, the mindset that I needed to have. So if there's any anything to pass along to anybody who's, who's still listening at this point, you know, if, if you find yourself in a situation like that, you know, certainly it's not easy, but do the best you can to kind of get yourself in a mind frame similar to that one, like, Man, nobody else is mad at you for this. At a certain point, you got to forgive yourself and and don't be mad anymore because nobody else is. Right, exactly. So, yeah, that was um. That was pretty much that, man. That was that was last weekend. <laughs> um, you know, it was some action. wasn't great at all. wasn't wasn't the way you want it to go, but that's that's the weekend we had and. We're here to move on to the next one now. So, um, yeah, that was that was the story. But the story of this season is far from over. We've we've got still a lot of hunting to do. So, any anything else? Any other wisdom you want to add here, buddy? Before we wrap things up? Mm, not. I mean, get back on the horse, just like you've been doing. Yeah, I think that's all Nothing you can else do. Nothing you can do besides hunt. Right, yeah. If you quit, then what good is that going to do either? You got right. to just, just get back out there, try again. So, that, like I said, I, that's that's what we're going to do. More. Yeah, yep, and that's what we're going to do. We're going to get out there over the next couple weekends, and everybody's going to be hunting. There's going to be a lot of stuff coming. I'm I'm getting excited for it, almost like I was at the beginning of the year. You know, this is the best best hunting of the year is over these next couple weeks and there's so much variety between wisconsin archery and then minnesota gun and wisconsin gun a lot of good hunting coming up i'm excited for it excited to hear the stories and i know that you know between everybody here at at buck fever there's definitely going to be some more success stories here to come so i'm looking forward to it me too all right well yeah that was that was that um Appreciate you guys tuning in, especially on a not-so-fun topic this week, but hopefully 
Hopefully next week we've got a little bit better news to share with you. Um, You never know. So thank you guys once again for listening. Uh, Make sure you subscribe to our YouTube channel. We've got, we did have some success already this year, if you didn't know that. Um, So there are some pretty cool videos out there of of some bucks hitting the ground. You definitely want to check those out. And um, there's going to be some more to come. I know it. So once again, thank you guys. We appreciate it. And we will see you guys next time.